Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Lindsay Hansen. She has a very interesting story. So in 2018, she quit her accounting job just a year into her career in search of something more. She is now a online business coach, freelance digital marketer, and she is the host of the Quit Your Job Sis podcast. She has helped dozens of women leave their unfulfilling corporate jobs and turn their passions into authentic and impactful online businesses. I am so excited you're here and so excited to chat with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know I shared a little bit about your story, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you got started in business as a coach, as a digital marketer. It's been a journey. So I started my career back in 2017. And like you said, I was an accountant. That is what I went to school for. I went to business school, but I majored in accounting. I actually got my master's in accounting. I got my CPA license. And then I started my career and pretty quickly realized that I hated it. And I was miserable. I didn't find it fulfilling at all. I just knew that I could not stay on that path for another 40 years of my life. So that was my quarter life crisis moment over the course of really that first year into my career. And then after year one, I decided I need to do something different. I need to figure out what I'm going to do instead. But at that point, I decided that I wanted to go into fitness coaching. That's how I started my business. At the time, I was really passionate about fitness. I wanted to help other people in that area. I had been on my own fitness journey for years. I was at the point where I was like making workout plans for my friends and things like that. So I was like, maybe I could do this as a career. It'd be so fulfilling for me to really feel like I'm making an impact and helping people. I enrolled in a program that was a six-month self-study course to get my personal training certification. I was doing that while I was still in my full-time job. And putting this plan together over those few months of what my next step was. And long story short, I ended up quitting in December of 2018. Then January, I launched my very first program as an online fitness coach. So I started my business entirely online from day one, signed on my first five clients that month. I signed on three more clients the next month. And then from there, my business has evolved. As you mentioned, now I'm doing business coaching. I also started doing some freelance marketing work about a year ago. I have a few clients now as a social media manager doing that as well. And then I also have my own podcast that I've had for two years now. Yeah. I started at the beginning of 2020. That's long story short of how I got to where I am now. 
at the time that December when <laughs> you quit your full-time job, did you have people that were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Funny enough, not really. Most of the people in my life were very supportive. I was surprised. There were a lot of people who I was afraid to tell because I was expecting them to have that reaction of like, what are you doing? Mostly my parents. But I think internally, they probably were thinking that as well as some of my friends and coworkers. But I got a lot of support, a lot of like, okay, why not try it out? You know, I mean, I was 24 years old, I think at the time. My mom was the person I was the most terrified to tell because she's very much like, you need to have a nine to five, like you need to have that stability. That's what she always instilled in me. And I was shocked when I called her and told her I quit my job. She was basically like, well, now's the time. Like, if you want to try out something else, now's the time to do it. Go ahead. So I was surprised by how much support I got. I definitely did get some people who probably didn't really get it. But I really didn't experience anyone being like, what are you doing? This is the stupidest decision you've ever made. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. Support makes all the difference. It is a scary decision to make when you go from the known kind of to the unknown. But I feel like that's really exciting that you had five clients your first month. What do you think contributed to your success there? Like right off the first month? Cause I know some people struggle with that and then start to question their decision. The biggest thing was I hired a business coach. <laughs> so that was the first thing I did after putting in my two weeks, because I knew that I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I don't have time to waste trying to figure it out on my own because I just literally quit my job. Having that coach really helped to like ground me and keep me focused on what was really important to start getting clients. So that's number one. But the other thing that really helped looking back, I had started posting about becoming a fitness coach and just posting my workouts and what I was eating and different fitness tips. Before I even left my job, I think it was in October of 2018. All I had was Instagram. It was like my personal Instagram account that I never used. I had 127 followers. I remember the number (laughs) the day that I started posting on that account. And I was like, I know that this is what I want to do in a few months. So I might as well start letting people know now. What I didn't realize at the time is that I was starting to market and brand myself as a fitness coach. So then three months later, when I actually launched my first program, my audience was already primed and they knew that I was launching this program and I had been providing so much value every week for three months without ever selling anything because I didn't have a program to sell yet. Looking back, I think that was another thing that really helped because I don't think I could have signed five clients in the first month to a completely cold audience. You did all that pre-launch content without really thinking of it in terms of pre-launch content at the time. It was just building your audience. And that's amazing. I love that. And I feel like that's a important lesson for everyone. Like you can't just start from zero. You need to be warming up your audience. You need to be nurturing. That's amazing. What is your favorite marketing platform for your business? Is it Instagram? Not anymore. I'm kind of on the Instagram hate right now. Now that TikTok exists, Instagram annoys me because it's so much harder to edit reels on there than it is to create TikToks. And I'm just like, it freezes all the time. 
you can't upload a story that's longer than a minute without it taking forever. Personally, right now, TikTok, I would say, is my favorite platform. For me, really easy to create content on there. I can get on there and spend literally one minute recording a seven-second video, editing it, posting it, and then getting more reach than I've ever gotten on Instagram or any other platform. So right now, I'm really into TikTok. There are pros and cons, but... It just is where I feel like I can show up most authentically, really find and connect with my target audience really easily and really effectively. And I get so much more reach than I do on any other platform. And it really doesn't take up a whole lot of my time. That's where I'm currently spending the most of my time for sure. As an introvert, I've kind of avoided TikTok for sure. (laughs) And I don't really talk about it a lot. I'm curious for especially introverts who maybe want to try out TikTok, but are maybe a little apprehensive about showing up on video. Do you have any thoughts around that? Definitely. So one, TikTok is not necessarily the answer for you, right? It is for me because of all the reasons I just said. And by the time TikTok really became a thing, I was already a year or two into my business. And I had already gotten very comfortable on video. If you're just starting your business and you're really freaked out by video, I wouldn't necessarily start on TikTok. I would probably start on Instagram or Facebook or even like LinkedIn, depending on what your business is. But the thing is you can use it however you want to. So you might see a lot of people who are doing their dance trends And then adding text onto those videos, you don't have to get on TikTok and dance if that's not your thing. One thing that could be really good for you as an introvert, if you don't like the idea of getting on camera and talking to your camera, is you can just use trending sounds, put them in your video, and then just overlay some tips on the screen. Go along with the music, point to the different tips on the screen. You've probably seen videos like this. And you don't actually have to say anything. You barely even really have to do anything. Like you're just sitting there pointing to the text that you put on the screen. That could be a really good way to ease into it too. If you're nervous to actually sit there and talk on video, it could be a good transition into video content for you and still get you a lot more reach. For example, if you shared the same tips in a static Instagram post that nobody's going to see. I love that. That's the thing about TikTok because I've heard so many good things about it and like the potential reach and how amazing it can be, but I've just barely been on the app. I didn't even have TikTok for, I just got it like three months ago on my phone. And now I've just been watching mostly funny videos. So I'm still trying to figure it out, but yeah, that's interesting. We just had our introvertpreneur summit and I was looking at some of the feedback surveys and We had a couple people who are introverts. I'm guessing they're introverts because they went to the summit who had said like, we would have loved a presentation on TikTok. So I'm like, oh, so some introverts really want to try it out and see how it works. I love talking about it. Yeah, it's something that I don't talk about much at all. No, I've grown to love the app. I'd say the biggest downside of it is because you get more reach and more engagement than other apps, you might come across people leaving negative comments. I've had a couple videos that went viral kind of on the wrong side of TikTok and then got a bunch of like men commenting, telling me that I 
am lazy because I don't want to have a nine to five, basically. Like people who don't actually know anything about me. So being okay and able to deal with that has been a journey, which I'm happy to speak to also. But that's really the only downside I've seen. I'm telling you, the reach I get on that app is crazy. And it's been one of the best marketing tools for my business, aside from my own podcast, honestly. And I just find it really easy to create content on there because the videos are so short. It's just fun for me to see what's trending. How can I apply that to my niche and make a video on it? I mean, I'm happy to dive more into TikTok if you want to go there or we could leave that for another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to TikTok, I just have one question that I'm wondering about as somebody who's never used it. In terms of like content and creating content, how often should you be posting videos if you want to start to build your audience on TikTok? I would say, and this applies to really any platform, my advice is always post as often as you can stay consistent with. Because I think the worst thing you can do from an algorithm standpoint, although I don't know how true this actually is on TikTok, because I have taken breaks from TikTok where I like didn't post for a couple weeks. And then I came back and the first video I posted got a lot of views. But I think typically you'll see people who are like, oh, you should post at least three times a day. And I'm like, who has the time? I'm not ever going to do that. So I right now try to post at least once a day, but it really doesn't always happen. I don't even really post that much, but I'd say create a schedule that you can stay consistent with. And this applies to TikTok or whatever platforms you're using because algorithms like consistency So what you don't want to do is say, oh, I'm going to post three times a day. And then you do that for two days and then you can't keep up with it. So then you just get overwhelmed and you just stop posting altogether. Whether that's once a day, whether it's three times a week, five times a week, I'd say that doesn't matter as much as just do something that you're going to be able to stay consistent with. That's interesting to hear about the content and like the lifespan, because it's like when you compare it to Instagram you post and it has like a four hour lifespan. That's so different. So what would you say for somebody? Cause I know introverts in particular that I've worked with and speak to that when it comes to selling is really hard because I feel like we don't want to be seen as sleazy or always talking about paid offers. So I'd love to hear your tips around selling that doesn't feel pushy or salesy or sleazy. For sure. So my biggest tip when it comes to selling is that selling is really more about listening and understanding your clients and what they need and what they are struggling with. And then when you're able to speak to those pain points, speak to what it is that they want, what it is that they are struggling to achieve and why they haven't gotten there, that's really what's going to get their attention. Selling isn't necessarily, here's this program I created, here's what's included, here's the link to sign up. Sometimes selling can be very, very subtle and it can just be you sharing maybe a personal story from your life that you know your ideal client is going to relate to. For me, that's my journey. I work with women who are either stuck in a job they hate, they want to leave, they want to start their business, or they've already started their business, but they might be struggling to get clients, struggling to grow, struggling to see consistency. So I could just get on Instagram as an example, make a post about 
when I was struggling early in my business to get clients or the story of me quitting my job and the fears that I had to overcome. And that helps them to see like, oh, Lindsay's been through this. Like she understands that pain point that I'm struggling with right now. She's literally speaking to exactly what's going through my head right now. I'm going to reach out and apply to work with her. This isn't going to make any sense. I feel like I'm selling all the time, but I also don't feel like I'm selling all the time because every post that I make, every story that I share is speaking to my idol clients, bringing them into my space and helping me connect with them on a deeper level. But it doesn't actually really ever feel like I'm selling aside from any posts that I make that specifically are promoting my program. Does that make sense? I love that. That's like the beauty of once you find your voice and know your target audience, like you can sell in such an organic way that it doesn't even feel like selling. And I know that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. They're either never talking about their offers or what they do, or they're just doing that. So it's like, you need to find the balance. Yeah. And I think you can make a really beautiful post or video or whatever the medium of content is, email even. That's just you sharing your story. Then in the last two sentences, you just put that call to action of like, hey, if you're stuck in this space right now, here's how you can apply to work with me. I don't ever feel like I'm pushy in the way that I market or the way that I sell because that wouldn't be authentic to me. So I think just knowing that you don't have to use any marketing or sales tactics or strategies that don't feel authentic to you. And I believe the ones that do feel authentic to you are always going to be the most effective ones anyway. Yeah, I love that. I think when it comes to introverts in particular, showing up as your authentic self is so powerful as a business owner. I've said many times how for the first few years of my business, I felt like I had to pretend to be this extroverted, bubbly person and do all these live videos. Then I was like, why aren't these working? Like these videos, I'm putting all this energy into creating all this content and trying to be somebody else. And it just wasn't authentic. People could see that and feel that. Exactly. People are going to feel that energy come across. So I think finding Whatever platform allows you to feel safe enough to really be yourself is the key for introvert entrepreneurs. At first, when I first started, like I said, that was Instagram for me. That was the only platform I really knew how to use. So that was the one that I chose. Then over time, I've tried different platforms and there also are different times in my business. Like sometimes I really am into writing emails for my email list. Right now, I'm really into TikTok. I do really enjoy live video, ironically. So I would encourage you to try different things. Try getting on video. See how it feels for you. Because part of it is just overcoming that initial fear. And you might find out that you actually really like it, even as an introvert. Because one of the things about being an introvert isn't that you don't like interacting with other people. It's just that we don't really like small talk. Talking to somebody about the weather makes me want to die. But (laughs) I can get on my podcast and talk to someone about these really deep mindset, spirituality, or business topics and go really deep with them. I think that's one of our superpowers that we have as introverts. So whatever allows you to create that space for yourself, I think for me, the biggest one has always been my podcast. That's the space where I feel like 
I can really share my heart, be authentic and be kind of vulnerable because when I'm recording it, I'm by myself. It's me and my microphone and I am just letting it all out there. But then when people are listening to it, they can feel that authenticity. They feel like they really know me. And most of the clients that I've gotten now for the past two years have been directly from my podcast. A lot of them weren't even following me on any other social media platforms, but something that they all say once we get on that initial discovery call is, I feel like I already know you. And they do pretty much already know me because I share so much about myself so authentically in that space. Finding whatever medium that is for you, I think is really the key. And it might be a podcast. It might be live streams. It might be a Facebook group. It might be your email list. It's going to be different for everyone, but wherever you really feel like you can show up and truly be yourself, I think it's going to be the marketing strategy that works most effectively for you. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. Tapping in and using your strengths, like whatever they may be, there's going to be multiple opportunities. If you're an introvert who thrives on one-to-one, like as you were talking, I was thinking you could do your own podcast. You could guest speak on podcasts. If Instagram is where your audience is and you don't like just being face-to-face to the camera, you could organize and host live interviews with somebody else to have that intimate one-on-one conversation, but then have it live for everyone else to watch. No matter what your strengths are, there's some marketing way to tap into that. Absolutely. I know we've covered a lot about social media and like marketing, but for somebody who's really struggling to find clients, what would you tell them to look at or things to think about or questions to ask? Well, number one, get really clear on who your ideal client is if you have not done that already. So who is it that you really, really want to work with? And then find out what are their pain points? What are the things that they are struggling with? What is going through their head on a daily basis? What is it that they really want and what do they need? You can do that through talking to them, like asking your audience or even conducting market research calls and just say, hey... I'm not selling anything. I just want to get to know if you are someone who fits this criteria, I'd love to hop on a 15-minute call with you. That's a really good way to do it. You can also conduct literal market research. So one of my favorite tools is Pinterest actually to do this and just typing keywords that your ideal client might be searching for in Pinterest. See what suggested searches populate because that's literally what people are searching for. And then go through and look at the content that other people have posted to Pinterest. And it will show you literally, here is what is the most popular content in your niche right now. That's a really good way to get insight into what your ideal client might be searching for. And then you can turn those ideas into your own content ideas and also use it for creating your own program. If you know, okay, this is something people are searching for. How can I create a program to address that issue? I also really like using Answer the Public, which is a free tool that you can type in those keywords again, and it will literally tell you, these are the questions that people are asking. Let's say you're a fitness coach and you help women lose weight. You might search how to lose fat into Answer the Public, and it'll tell you These are the questions that people are searching around that topic. 
that's a really good way to get to know their pain points. Those are some of the tools that I use a lot. And then just start creating content around those pain points, literally using their language. Like the language that people are searching is huge. People will feel like you are literally inside their head. So create content, speak to what their pain points are, get really clear on who your ideal client is. And then along with that, think about where are they hanging out? The disconnect might be in whatever platform you're using. Like if you're a fitness coach, I wouldn't necessarily recommend using LinkedIn because it's really hard to find your ideal client on LinkedIn. You can't exactly search for people who are interested in losing weight, but they are probably on Pinterest. They're probably on Instagram looking at workout videos. They might be in Facebook groups or If you want to be a guest on other people's podcasts, you could do that and find podcasts that are talking about fitness that their audience would be your ideal clients. So think about what platform your ideal clients are on and make sure that's where you're showing up. Then get really, really clear and specific on who you're talking to, what their pain points are, and then start making content to address those pain points and also tell them how your program helps solve those. You just dropped so many gems in there and so many ideas. That was amazing. Who would you say are your ideal clients or who do you typically work with? So I typically work with women who are kind of in that quarter life crisis phase, feeling stuck in your job, or maybe you've recently quit your job because you know it's not what you want to do. A lot of the clients I work with are either trying to figure out what that next step is. So they know they want to work for themselves in some way, but they don't know exactly what they would do. That's where a lot of my clients start, or some of them have already started their business and they know what it is they want to do, but they're just struggling to find clients. They're struggling to grow and see that consistency in their business. So that's the spectrum of the women who I typically work with. I love that because I know I've definitely been there too. Like when I was working my last corporate job, I wasn't as thought out when I left. It was just like a, I can't do this anymore. I need to leave. (laughs) I did have my business at the time. It was my jewelry business, which I was growing. And I got to the point where I was just like, why am I trying to struggle and like manage both? I need to just eliminate the stress in my life and focus on what I love. So I love that. Helping people achieve their dream of working for themselves and getting out of the horrible corporate situation if they really dislike their job. Because yeah, I was definitely there. (laughs) It's definitely a mix of like overcoming all of those fears, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome that comes up for all of us, but then also the practical side of things when it comes to marketing, selling, how do I put together my first program? How do I find my idle clients? All of that as well. Yeah. I just love all of it. I could talk about this all day. I love what you said at the beginning too, of the episode where when you went and made that decision, like one of the key things you did is hire a business coach, which I think is so important. And so many people avoid that or don't take that step. And it's going to help you get the results so much quicker. If you find the right business coach, I find for me, like working with a coach, it's more like I'm having to hold myself accountable too. Cause I mean, in my personal life, nobody really 
is in this space or can understand the struggles that come with entrepreneurship. So it's really great to have that guidance, support, and sounding board almost too sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine if I had tried to figure it out on my own, how much longer it would have taken me. But yeah, it really helps to ground you and help you to stay focused on what actually matters. Because in the beginning, you can go down so many rabbit holes. You can get distracted by, oh, I should be on TikTok or should I be on Instagram or should I be on Pinterest? And then you kind of overwhelm yourself because it's easy to get wrapped up in the things that aren't actually going to drive your business forward. For example, I know a lot of new coaches think the first thing you need to do is create your website. I didn't even have a website until a year and a half into my business. (laughs) But that's one thing that we can get hyper-focused on. We're like, oh, I need this perfect website before I can launch my business. But your website doesn't actually matter at all if nobody knows who you are. So what you should actually be focusing on is getting on social media, is building your network, is finding your ideal clients, learning more about them, and creating content to draw them in. It helps so much to just have that direction and have someone keeping you focused on like, no, don't waste your time going down this rabbit hole, creating your website or getting on TikTok if that's not the right platform for you. Here's what you need to focus on. Like, Here's the actual fastest path to clients, basically, is really what I like to focus on with my clients. But it also just really helps to have that sounding board, to have someone When you're having a bad day, when you're really in your head, when the self-doubt is coming up strong, you have someone who you can go to and be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this today. And it's someone who's been through it and they can help you work through it too. So yeah, having a coach, especially in the beginning, is just so, so valuable. I love what you said about the rabbit hole because I actually just posted in my Facebook group the other day. Is anyone else feeling this same way right now? I just feel like I've signed up for so many courses recently, had so many summits happening. I just feel like I've started to get overwhelmed by consumption of information. And if you're at the starting point, that's going to be even worse. (laughs) Like as you start Googling questions, it's going to be very overwhelming. (laughs) And I love what you said about your website, because that is like a huge project. And if you're holding yourself back from actually launching and putting yourself out there, that's a month or two, however long it takes you to get your website. Also, if you're a perfectionist, that's going to add more time to it. Oh yeah. You're never going to be done with your website. And it's just something that I think holds us back so much because it's always the first thing we think we need. It doesn't actually help you at all. Because the other thing is before you've really got to your business and seen What's actually drawing people in? What is it people need? Until you've really worked with a few clients and gotten an understanding of what they need and nailed down your process as a coach, everything you put on your website is kind of just meaningless. You know what I mean? Until you really understand the pain points of your ideal client, how are you going to create a website that's going to draw them in? You don't know what those are yet. So I think it's really important to actually connect with your audience first and get an understanding of what they need and really nail down your coaching process and fine tune your programs before you create a website. Because you might end up creating this beautiful website just to find out, oh, these aren't actually the pain points people care about. 
are, oh, I created this beautiful landing page for this program that nobody wants. So actually starting your business is, I think, very important to do before you can even really have a website that's going to be effective for you anyways. That's a really good point because then you're going to get stuck in the constantly pivoting and then everyone's going to be confused because you're changing directions all the time. (laughs) You didn't do that important piece at the very beginning. It was so great to chat with you today. I didn't plan on going in the TikTok direction, but I was like, I never talk about TikTok on the podcast with anyone. So it's like, I had to go into it a little bit. Thank you so much for joining me today. So I'd love for you to share where everyone can find you online if they want to connect with you. And we'll have all the links in the show notes as well. But where's the best place for anyone to connect with you? I'd say probably Instagram as well as TikTok. My handle on both is at Lindsay M. Hansen. My website is lindsayhansen.com. And then my podcast, Quit Your Job Sis, you can find on all platforms wherever you're listening to this one. But you can also go to quityourjobsis.buzzsprout.com for that. I'm happy to come back and do a whole episode on TikTok because... <laughs> I can definitely speak to that platform for days. (laughs) Awesome. I'd love to do that because I know there's definitely people that are interested in my audience and I'm just like, I have no idea about TikTok. I'd love to learn pieces of it, but yeah, I definitely love to do that. I'd be happy to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was great. Thank you, Tara. It was so much fun coming on. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at thetarareed.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.